Welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. He's my dad. We're going to jump in with the question of the day. So, Padre. Yes. I'm wondering, once I find the question, there it is. <laughs> if you could be an athlete for a single game, who would you choose? Any athlete for one game. Gosh, that's so hard. I would probably, I'd probably have to go back and do like a Michael Jordan. Mm. When, when, when Michael played, when he was on, it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. And, and I think to be, to be Jordan would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm. He was really, really good. That is a good one. I think I would choose one one of these two. Of course, I got to give two answers. I'm by the way, I'm infamous for giving two answers Every time. for those of you that this is your first episode. Um, I would either choose like Federer because mm. like the feeling of just being caught in good rally after yeah. good rally would yeah. just be invigorating. Yeah. Because like for tennis, every point is an absolute battle and there's few feelings that's better than like hitting a really good shot Mm -hmm. just back and forth that's a good point it's a great feeling yeah so that would be invigorating the other one i think it would be cool to be like tiger woods in the masters doing his best game of all time if i did a second one it would be a golf one because like to be able to play golf and hit it exactly where you want it to go yeah like that's crazy yeah, it is. I'd probably want to be either Tiger in the prime or Bubba Watson is one now um, who can just make the wildest, craziest shots. Yeah, it's, it would just be cool because I hear I've never had a shot like this in golf because I've mm-hmm. played like three times. Yeah. Um, but I hear like whenever you hit just a good feeling shot. It is. It's kind of like how I describe tennis where you like, yeah, there's such immense satisfaction in doing it well. Well, golf, it's so, it gets you so into it, you keep playing. Yeah. Like you hit that one good shot and it just keeps you going. Yeah. Even though you hit 37 bad shots, that one good one just, I don't know, it's, I guess it's like the closest thing to gambling. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, any of those three options would be sick, though. Yeah, they would be. be real. It'd be a lot of fun. So, once again, we've been discussing the personal reboot. Yeah. And for these next couple weeks, we already did one last week, so this is our second of three. We're talking about baggage. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how sometimes we can carry our past and things from our past like we are a giant suitcase. Yep, moving around. It makes things that are unenjoyable worse, Mm -hmm. and it makes things that would be enjoyable less so. Yeah, that's a good point. And so we want to learn how to move past our hangups. We want to learn how to identify them. We mm-hmm. want to learn how to define them. Yeah. Uh, the personal reboot you made is in part to be able to do just that. Yeah. Now, if people want to do the personal reboot, because this is just you know us talking about it, yeah. where would they want to go to find that? You can find the personal reboot at uh, theconfidentman.me. Uh, that's a, this a coaching website I run. 
And uh, it's just there. It's a free download. You just put your email in and you'll get a PDF copy of it. It's short. It's not super long reading. And a lot of it is questions just to help you kind of think through where you're at in doing a personal reboot. Yeah, it's it really is a guide. It's not a novel. It's a mm-hmm. guide for you to walk the yeah. journey yourself. Yeah. It was very helpful for me. Um, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I did it with Emily. And yeah. We did it as a couple and it was great. Um, so I highly recommend checking that out. But for now, let's go ahead and identify the second kind of baggage that we carry, hang-ups. Yeah, hang-ups, a lot of people say, what is a hang-up? Well, I I define hang-up as a thing that a lot of times you started when you were younger, Mm -hmm. either as a child, as a teenager, that you're still struggling with today. So there could be things, you know, like uh, lying, bragging, you know, we think of we don't think of those things, but those are those are things a lot of times you start when you're young. But then you get into like gaming, porn, alcohol, drugs, gambling, some of the major things. Most people started those when they were either children, teenagers, or even early young adult age. Um, and then they're in their, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, and they're still struggling with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is what a hang up is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess a a good way to kind of define it in a one-liner is a hang-up is a unhealthy coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Because what it is, is we all cope with life. Mm -hmm. And and coping is a normal, we we learn how to deal with the stresses and and the distractions of life. Right. So coping is good. But a lot of times when we were younger, we learned something that was unhealthy. And that became our go-to coping mechanism. Right. And then it stays with us. And what we want to do is is not have those unhealthy sides of us, mm-hmm. the, the unhealthy coping mechanism. And a lot of times it's seen in excess. Mm-hmm. You know, like someone who eats. Eating is normal. We need to eat. But if you eat in excess, it becomes very unhealthy. Right. And a lot of people, their food has become their coping mechanism. So they just eat, eat, eat. And then they, they get larger, which they want to cope with that, so they eat more. Yeah. So it's just an unhealthy way of what's driving them. Yeah. And I like what you said there. Like, not all coping mechanisms are bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later yeah. on some ways to deal with unhealthy coping mechanisms. But anything that's excessive, anything that's, you know... Well, actually, we're about to talk about how to identify it. So yeah. we're going to go ahead yeah. and jump into that. Let's do it. So you might be carrying the baggage of hang-ups if. What are, some, what are some symptoms of the fact that, hey, I've got some past hang-ups that I need to deal with? Yeah, a lot of times the hang-ups are something that are not just yours, but there's almost a pattern in the family. Mm. You, you almost see that, that well, my grandparent, my, my dad or mom you know, my life. And it's not just that things are passed down, everything's passed down in some way or another, but mm-hmm. it's causing chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's causing chaos in the family. It's causing problems. It's it's causing battles. Um, there's all kinds of things that could be happening, but those are usually a sign of, of hangups. You yeah. know, someone's having that issue. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think a good way you can identify it is if you have a habit Mm-hmm. that controls you yeah. instead of you controlling it. it it's a hang-up when it always goes further than you mean for it to. Mm-hmm. When you always just want to have a drink 
and then you yeah. wake up the next morning with the biggest hangover because yeah. you dropped two hundred dollars on just yeah. drinking. Yeah. Or or well, I'll just check social media a little bit. Yeah. And then boom, two hours have gone by. Yeah. Or you know I'll just play this game for fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and now it's two a.m. and you're like, yeah. golly, I should have gone to bed three hours ago. Yeah. That can identify also that you're dealing with a hangup. Yeah, a lot of times hangups cause things to go to excess, um, and we lose control. Mm-hmm. We think we're going to have control, but then we don't. Mm-hmm. And another one that a lot of times is the most obvious is when your hangup is destructive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a gambling hangup and you're going and losing all the money you own, that's a problem. Mm. You know, if you have a, if you if you have problems with pornography and you can't have a normal sex life with your partner, or you're continuing to look at it even though you're married, you have kids, and all this, you know, there's a lot of issues that can happen in your life from that, mm-hmm. and it can cause a lot of problems. A lot of marriages break up over it. So when you see destructive aspects happening because of your hangup, that means it's not a good hangup. You know, it's yeah. something you want to deal with. Um, and you can say, well, it's so-and-so's fault, it's so-and-so's fault, but it's just it's just not good for you right. when it's causing pain and trouble for you and the people you love, the people who are around you. Yeah, I think that's true. And that's, like you said, one of the most obvious ones. Yeah. I think one area that we can identify very quickly mm-hmm. what's going on and, and that we have a hang-up that we can sometimes neglect a little bit yeah. is what is the first thing you want to do? After something negative happens, mm-hmm. whether that's something or, or even something uncomfortable, yeah. the first thing you go to, yeah. if it's something that's unhealthy, mm-hmm. that means it's a hangup. Yeah. If the if immediately the first thing you want to do the moment that you feel rejected is just binge eat, yeah, that means food has now become an unhealthy coping mechanism. It's a hangup for you. Mm-hmm. Now. If the first thing you want to do whenever you feel threatened is you know, project this big vibrato and resort to, I don't know, violence Mm -hmm. or violent words. Yeah. Well, that's a coping mechanism. Your anger has become a coping mechanism. It's become a hangup for you. Yeah. And a lot of people who deal with addiction, what happens is the addiction is their coping mechanism. Yes, for sure. So they can get clean for a while, Mm -hmm. but then the stresses of life happen, the problems of life. So what do they do? They run to their addiction. Mm -hmm. And that's why people struggle. That's why it takes them a long time to work through it is because they don't know how to live life without it. Mm -hmm. How do I handle stress? I run to my drugs. I run to whatever. And they have to learn that that's the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to find the healthy way to deal with those things. You're very correct. I I know this is actually from, I believe, like addiction courses, Mm -hmm. is there's the HALT principle. Yeah. If you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, or you're tired, Mm -hmm. watch out because that negative uh, coping mechanism is probably going to pop up. Yeah. That's going to be a season of, to use biblical terms, temptation. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a tempting moment. And what tempts you is a hang-up. Yeah. Whatever is tempting you in one of those moments when you're hungry, yeah. angry, lonely, or tired is most likely a hang-up if it's something unhealthy. Yeah, and that's what happens is you're, you're learning how to deal with those feelings with something that's not good for you. Uh, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt other people. Um, and you have to kind of learn yourself, which is part of learning how to deal with the stresses of life. Mm-hmm. And that's healthy 
to deal with those things. But when you have an unhealthy addiction to something, that becomes your crutch. Mm -hmm. So you just lean on that. So you don't learn how to do the other stuff. That's actually, that's a really good illustration. Because it, it, it hurts you in the long term mm -hmm. because you don't develop actual strength. Yeah. Like if, if we look at a muscle, how does a muscle get strong? By carrying a heavier load. Yeah. But if let's say, you know, you don't want to have to walk anywhere. So you mm -hmm. just use a, a wheelchair. Like you yeah. can walk perfectly fine. Yeah. It would take a second to get your balance. And so you're just like, you know, I'm not going to mess with it. I'm just going to go around a wheelchair. Your legs would literally stop being able to work yeah. because you're no longer trying to use them. Yeah. And sometimes emotionally, we haven't learned how to cope with some of the things that life will naturally bring because, like you said, we keep going to the crutch. Yeah, and the people who overcome addiction, the way they overcome is learning those healthy things. Yes. They learn how to do it, but it's hard work. It is hard. Because they didn't learn it maybe younger when most people learn it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like relearning. It's, or when you get older, if you want to try to learn a language, it's a lot easier to learn it when you're young than that when you're older. true. As you know, you're learning Spanish. I'm on four but, years now. Yeah. Four years. And, and, and so it's one of those things that you want to learn it young. If you don't, it just takes a lot harder to learn it when you're older. But it's still possible. It is possible. And that, that's what I yeah. want to tell you as a listener or as a viewer. It's still possible. Uh, it doesn't mean just because you wasted yesterday doesn't mean that it's over today. Yeah, because what you're doing is you're doing almost a crash course of muscle building. Mm -hmm. So you're having to learn how to cope with life without that addiction, which means you're having to work new muscles. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever been to like a physical therapist who's working you in a muscle that maybe you're very weak in, you're like, oh, I didn't realize I had muscles there. Those mm -hmm. hurt. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing emotionally. Yeah. It's very true. Mm -hmm. And let's go ahead and start talking about that. Yeah. If we're wanting to drop the baggage of our hangups, mm -hmm. if we're wanting to be able to move on, yeah. how are we going to do that? How do we start? Well, I think you start by finding the healthy coping mechanisms, the things that, that you do that aren't necessarily destructive. You know, like if you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you know, you need to look at, maybe I'm not getting enough sleep. Maybe my schedule is not good. You know, having a good night's sleep, I mean, science even now is talking about how much better it is. But people stay up late, they do this, they do that. And a lot of times bad decisions are made when you're tired. So if you find a way to set your rhythm so you get good sleep, you've, you've conquered a lot of your problems already. Mm -hmm. So you want to find those healthy things for you. Exercise, you know, good rest, a good diet. Those kind of things help you learn how to cope with life. Right. Um, so you want to find the healthy things, the things that are good for you. And some days, you know, like we, we've talked many times about um, as a family, we always did. If, if things got really hectic, every once in a while we do what we call a pajama day. Loved pajama day. Pajama day was where you didn't change out of your pajamas. We watched movies. We ate food. We did nothing all day. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those reset days. Mm -hmm. So that's a healthy thing. Yep. You can't do pajama day all the time, but you can do it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you want to find the things that are healthy that, that kind of help you deal with life and, and go like that. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I remember for our family, uh, you were in charge of doing camps mm -hmm. uh, for our Mississippi district, like yeah. you know, church camps. 
And during those weeks where we would do camps, you're going 100%. Yeah. And you are not getting enough sleep. No. Uh, you're probably eating too much a little bit. Um, like, you know, you're going to bed at midnight and waking up at 5. And yeah. just, you know, literally 16-hour days just hammering it out. And so I remember every year after we would finish doing camps, mm-hmm. we would have a pajama day for like a week. Yeah. Now, we did like bathe and stuff. Yeah. But like you, it was a lazy week the next yep. week. And that was so good. Like yeah. in the moment, I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, this is just what you do. But some people wouldn't have. Yeah. Some people would have been like, going. well, we just got to suck it up and keep moving. Yeah. And then they would start having unhealthy habits. Mm-hmm. You know? So Yeah, a lot of times your unhealthy habits come from unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So you kind of look at, okay, what am I doing that maybe is not helping? And then I would say the other thing is if you're dealing with some hangups that are just hard, you're not winning over them, yeah. get help. Yeah. You know, we, we talked a little bit last show about getting help. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's people who can help you. God can help you. Um, there's different things that can happen that you need that, you know, we need each other. Right. You know, God created us to be in community because no one by themselves can do everything. And so it's not a sign of weakness when you get help. It's actually a sign of I need someone else's strength to help me. Mm-hmm. Just like... If you go to a physical therapist, they're helping you do things with muscles you didn't know to do. Yeah. You know, and we're doing that maybe with our emotions, maybe with our spirit, maybe with our mind. Those kind of things. We just, it's nothing wrong with getting help. You're just getting coaching. Yeah. And we, we talked about making those positive coping mechanisms. That mm-hmm. takes time. Yeah. Like that is not a short process. Yeah. Um Depending, I mean, there's a principle called neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. which means the more you think through something or the more you enforce a habit, yeah. the more deeply ingrained in your brain it becomes. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, the more deeply ingrained it is in your brain, the longer it takes for it to dissolve. Yeah. Now, the cool thing is it can. Mm-hmm. You can literally rewire your brain yeah. uh, over an amount of time, but it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of focus. And it is, like you said, it's hard to do alone. So well, it's if you like, walk that with people, yeah, it's helpful. You walk it out with people. We look at pro athletes. They're the best of the best, but mm-hmm. they still get coaches. Right. And what they do is they get that third person perspective into their life. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't we need that in our life to get that third person perspective in what we do? Yeah. Now, this third like way to let the baggage go. Mm-hmm. Describe it to us a little bit because I think the way you say it's very, very good, succinct. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the things you have to do is understand that when you're letting hangups go, it means you're going to have a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. It The way you live life was not working. Mm-hmm. The way you cope with life is not working. So you've got to understand everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what that deals with is... You've learned how to live your life with a negative coping mechanism. So you're going to have to learn to live life with healthy ones, which means your life's going to have to reorient. Yep. And that's not wrong. No. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you were going the wrong direction. You've got to go the right direction. So everything's going to change. Mm -hmm. You know, and people say, well, does that mean I'm going to have to go to counseling and do this and do that? Maybe. Very, very possible. You know, and it may be. And you may learn how to express yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You may learn how to deal with anger. You may learn how to deal with pain and loss. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because you're learning to do it the right way. Yes. It takes work. 
Yes. And it means your life is going to change, but it's a good change. Yes. It's a positive change, and that's what we have to remember. Yeah, and I think in a way what you're learning to do, because you are adding good positive coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. but you're also diving deep and dealing with the problem behind the problem. Exactly. Like, you know, maybe overeating is a problem for you. Yeah. It's not just overeating. Mm -hmm. There's usually the thing that you're trying to deal with because of overeating. Let's say somebody deals with a lot of shame. They just have a a crippling sense of shame. And so eating is how they feel better. Yeah. And it's how they deal with it. And yet, it's negative because it keeps feeding the cycle of shame. Yeah. So not only are they going to have to replace it with a better coping mechanism, they're also going to have to deal with the shame itself. Yeah. They're going to have to look that in the face, which is where support comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But once you begin to do that... Mm -hmm positive momentum can occur yeah you can get some good changes in your life and and know that those good changes will actually give you a better life the life you want to live is possible yes it is so it's worth dealing with your hang-ups it is all right let's jump into the q a section all right um we get to talk about a couple of the questions. Once again, if you guys want to send us questions, please do. Because if you don't, we'll make them up. We will. So here we go. Question number one. Whenever I look at past hurts, because last week we talked about hurts. Yeah. It's too painful. How do I build up the courage to face the past hurts of my life? I think, I think the good thing to do is two things. One, take blame out of it. Mm-hmm. Um. There may be some blame you have to deal with in it, but there, but a lot of times our past hurts were something someone did to us, and we may feel guilty for that reason. Yeah. So what I would do is take the blame out of it and deal with the hurt, and then I would just get help. I mean, uh, you got to have help because a lot of times you're looking at it from a perspective of a child or whenever you were hurt. And you need someone to give you that adult perspective. Yeah. That that outside perspective to say, hey, why don't you change the way you think about it? And when we hear that, sometimes light bulbs go off. Because again, we can't see it that way. We need that outside perspective. So I would think the courage you need a lot of times, one is just to make that appointment to go tell someone what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, that person can help you to yeah. do it. And, you know, if it's another person who's going through the same thing, that's not what you need. You need someone who's, who's good at this, a professional or someone who, you know, is a counselor, you know, mentor, wisdom, someone who can help you with those kind of things. Yeah. And pretty much what they're going to guide you through. I mean, from what I understand, the main way and kind of the only way of dealing with it is actually facing it. Mm-hmm. So... Any step that you can take towards actually facing those past hurts is going to be a step in the right direction. It will be, no um, doubt. Because sometimes the fear of those things, mm-hmm. the running away, we end up letting it control us. Yeah. Because if you're running away from your past hurt, it's still controlling you. Yeah. If it's you're still denying it you. and shoving it down, yeah, it's still controlling you. Mm-hmm. The only time where it doesn't control you anymore is where you can stare it in the face. Yeah. And that takes time. Especially if it's something severe. Yeah. That takes a lot of time because there is literal physical reactions in your body Mm -hmm. linked Mm -hmm. with those memories. Yeah. 
Um, and you're going to have to kind of process through those, which is why we recommend dealing with a professional in yeah. those areas. Getting some help and, and letting people help you. Like, you know, of course, you, you've got to let God help you through it. Mm-hmm. And God uses people to help us do that. They say, well, I just asked God to take it away. Well, a lot of times if he just took it away, you wouldn't develop the muscles you need right. to live the life like we just talked about. That's so good. So a lot of times he doesn't take things away because he wants you to go through that journey so you get strong enough to live the way he wants you to live. That's so good. And picture this. If you've developed the courage to deal with the one thing that you can't face right now, mm-hmm. and you walk the journey of getting that courage, yeah. imagine how brave of a person you're going to be. Yep. Toward everything else. It's true. Towards everything else in your life. Yeah. Because you will have built up a habit mm-hmm. of, hey, I'm not going to run. Yeah. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. That is a life-changing. That's a life-changing occurrence. It is. And even though it's hard, even though it takes time, it can be worth it. Yeah. It can be worth it. All right. Uh, question number two. This one's kind of deep. Um, which of your personality traits would you like to change if you could? Ooh. Golly. I know. They're going straight for the throat with this one. Dang. Um, mm. Well, I don't know how this would... I'm not saying I'd want to change it. Mm-hmm. But when I, as I grew up, I had a lot of insecurity. And, I mean, up until 30 is when I finally began to deal. I got help and began to deal with my stuff. And I look back on my life and I see that so much of what I did was insecure because I was a people pleaser, which people are normally, you know, one way or the other with that. And that's not a bad thing because I'm, I'm, I love to serve people. Right. It's part of what I do. But when I was younger, the insecure side of that caused me to never really know what I wanted, what I thought. And I didn't really develop a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always fearful of what other people thought. And I I can look back on my life and see how that hurt me, junior high, high school, college, as a young adult. Um, So that's something I I wish I could have had back. Mm. You know, that I, I could have been more secure in who I was. Yeah. Which I, I didn't know the Lord, so I didn't I didn't have that aspect of it, um, and a lot of other stuff in my life. But uh, I would say that would be the thing that if I could go back and change something, that would be it. Yeah. Because I don't think it would have fixed everything, but it would have helped me a lot in the decisions I made. That's very good. Okay, for me, I would probably say the thing that I would change is overthinking. Mm-hmm. My unhealthy habit would be trying to figure things out, trying to understand things. And a lot of times it can cause me to think through a problem so deeply it ceases to be productive Mm -hmm. or take something negative that happens to me and I get like lost in it. Yeah. Because I'm just so bent on thinking it through, trying to break it down. And, it, you know, the like you said, the strength side of that yeah. is God made me a very analytical person, a very deep thinker, and he can use that for stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. But if that becomes abused, yeah. it turns into overthinking. Yeah, you can overanalyze every situation. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's something the Lord's been trying to free me of over the past few months, which in a way, it's still insecurity. Yeah. You know? 
it's it, it comes from insecurity mm-hmm. so it's a similar thing but that's kind of the vein of it that i struggle with is yeah. like the and it's a self-centered usually mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. i think about myself a lot not necessarily positively yeah yeah but, but the thoughts are based on me yeah a lot. that's a good point yeah that and makes so, sense that's what i'd want to adjust final question okay what is one goal you hope to accomplish this year Oh, um, one goal that I want to accomplish this year. Okay, I, this is, I don't know if this is vanity. Um, it may be, but I, I, I want to get, I've still got a tire. Mm. I've had it for years. Define to the people what a tire is. A tire is just that ring of fat around my stomach. <laughs> to be blunt. And... I'd like to get rid of that. I don't need a six pack. I'm not trying to get a six pack. But, and I work out. I mean, I do stuff, but it's just that ring. And I know that in order to get there, it's going to have to be some other changes. Mm. Um, that, you know, and it's trying to find that right balance. But I, the other day I was thinking, you know, I've been saying the same thing for probably the last four years. I'm going to get the tire off. And I'll do a little better and a little back. And I'm not, it's, I used to be a lot more overweight than I was, am now. Um, but that's just one of those things you're like, I keep talking about it. I need to do it. Yeah. And so this year, I'm really, okay, I'm going to back off. I'm not going to try so hard quickly mm-hmm. and try to, again, long-term, regular changes, just to, to live that lifestyle where that just comes off and it's not there. Right. And, I, and again, I'm not trying to get beach body. Nobody wants to see me without a shirt. I just, for me, myself, I just don't want to have that. You want to have a more flat stomach. Yep. Is really, yeah. You don't to not have the handles, to not have uh, the bulge, to where, you know, you look all right in your clothes. Mm-hmm. And, and again, could be a vain thing. Um, maybe that's my midlife crisis. Um, but... It's just something I want to do this year. I'm like, okay, this year I really, really, really want to do that. Yeah, that's cool. For me, I'll be the classic Reese and give two answers. Uh, (laughs) Answer number one is having a good habit of growth. Yeah. Uh, I want to have a lifestyle of consistently learning and growing. Yeah. Um, I realized a couple weeks ago that my growth up to this point a lot of times is accidental and incidental Mm. rather than intentional. That's good. I don't have... John Maxwell asked, do you have a plan for growth? Yeah. And the answer is I just didn't really. I had goals. Yeah. But not just growth. I didn't didn't have just daily growth habits. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to implement those. It's been great. Yeah. Really enjoyed it thus far. Second one, and I'll make this short, would be Spanish. Um, I want to get to the point this this year to where at Thanksgiving, I can talk with my abuela in Spanish. Yeah. Uh, My abuela is from Honduras. Uh So doesn't speak English, you know, just doesn't speak English at all. Hardly. She says hi to me in English, but that's about it. (laughs) And I've been able to have very broken, short conversations with her. Mm -hmm. Very broken and short. But I'd like to be able to have a decent intermediate level conversation with my grandmother uh, by Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's good. I like that. But thank you guys for joining us on the podcast today. That's all the time we have. Please send us your questions. YouTube, Instagram, email. 
messenger pigeon. We don't care. <laughs> Just get them to us, and yeah. we would be happy to answer them. Because uh, we, you know, we don't mind making questions up at times, but yeah. we don't want to. We prefer to have yours. Yeah, we, we want to actually help people So uh, with their questions. So once again, we'll see you in the next episode, and thank you for joining us on this episode of the Hey Dad Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.